0: Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. Today's message is called Moving Towards Change. Change is not always easy or comfortable, but it is sometimes needed. Pastor CJ discusses the purpose of the church and the specific vision for Adventure Church. Change sometimes makes us walk in the unknown, but with God guiding us, we can't lose. Are you ready for this adventure? We hope you enjoy this special message. Uh, Today is an exciting time. I was just with my my children this week, and we were in Wisconsin Dells because I was able to do my nephew's wedding, and so it's kind of ironic. I pulled up to this place where we were doing it the wedding, and uh, five years ago at this exact place I did a wedding there, and it was one of the most beautiful places, probably the most beautiful place I've ever done a wedding, and I've done several, probably hundreds of weddings throughout my years. And uh, I pulled up to this place, and outside we pulled up and I noticed it right away. So, honey. This is where we done a wedding five years ago, and uh, it was a barn. It's one of the most incredible places to have a wedding. It's a barn, and they do the wedding up in the hayloft, and, and it's just so exciting of what's going on, and it just brought back so many memories. But as I was on memory lane about five years ago, it brought me back to memory lane about the many different things that Cheryl and I have gone through in our years. This is my 38th year in ministry, and in 38 years, we have done 17 building program soon to be as I share with you the vision here in a moment 18 and uh, we are excited at what God is doing here in our church and uh, I'm excited about that but one of the things that I've always instilled in my kids when they were little and I want to encourage you parents when you have little kids always ask your kids this is your dream bigger than you and if your dream is not bigger than you it's not big enough And I've always told my kids to dream big dreams. Matter of fact, we would always sing little songs to them before they go to bed. And the song that we would sing was, I'm going to dream big dreams, accomplish great things, climb many mountains for God, for I can do anything through him who gives strength to me. I'm going to dream big dreams for God. And we would sing these songs to our kids before they would go to bed. And so because I've done that to my kids, wouldn't you know it, I was with all three of my kids. And throughout the course that we were there, uh, Thursday, Friday, and yesterday, my kids would come up to me. And they put their arms around me and said, Dad, is this dream bigger than you? How many of you know, be careful what you say? And they would put their arm around me. And throughout the course of the day, we're in the water slides, and we're at the wedding, and we're in different places, walking down the street in Wisconsin Dells. My son CJ come up, Dad, is the dream bigger than you? And of course, all of a sudden, that makes me want to cry because when the dream is bigger than you, it consumes you. And when it consumes you, it takes over you, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings. Everything becomes about that driven point about a dream and if you have not a dream it doesn't give you a purpose or direction and so when I came here for those that are visitors here today I came here a year ago and when God called me to come here the first thing he said to do was Pastor CJ I want you to build this church to be a thousand people and then he took it from the thousand people and he said here's how you're going to do it you're going to wake the sleeping giant and the way you wake the sleeping giant is to make a lot of noise Well, I think we're making a lot of noise today. Amen. Amen. I think we're making a lot of noise. When I was putting up the banner, I was up here at 8 o'clock this morning, and thank you to Will and, and Quinn for finishing putting up the banner. I was putting up the banner, and it was so funny when we were putting out the outside banner. Cars were literally stopping in front of the school. How many of you know you can take prayer out of the school, but you can't take the church out of school? Amen. And we are the church today. Amen. And uh, so we were putting up the sign, and people were literally stopping, and not only were they stopping, but I think their window must have been dirty or something, because they were putting the window down to make sure they were seeing correctly, and uh, it was awesome. So uh, it is exciting to see what's happening. Today, if you have your sermon notes, I want you to take them out, and you've seen on the website, we entitled this day, Moving Towards Change. People say, Pastor, why did you bring the church here today? The reason why I brought the church here today is because I wanted you to get a feel outside of the norm. People, a lot of times, are not accustomed to change. Change is a hard thing for people. But there's an old saying that change isn't changed until it's changed. In other words, you have to change to make change. And so I brought you here today because some of you are out of your seat that you normally sit at at Venture Church, you're out of a, you're in a different seat. I don't see the Lake family back here to my left all the way to the back. Amen. I, I still see Karina and them and still in the front row. Amen. You're still locked in. Amen. And I don't see a Chris and Monty sitting over here to my left. I, I don't see Ethan and them. They're usually in the back. They're back row students. Amen. They get the leftovers, but now they're to the front. Amen. But you know what? This is about change. And sometimes when you go to change, it helps you see outside the box of what things could be. You see, that's what change does, what what things could be. Because what happens is without change, we get accustomed to being comfortable of where we're at. And where we're comfortable of where we're at, what happens at, where we're at becomes the norm, and the norm becomes routine, and the routine becomes a rut, And what happens with people when they get in a rut, a rut means you are stuck. And when you're stuck is when life becomes boring. It's not exciting or exhilarating anymore. It's just a rut, routine, and then you get grumpy, mad, and sad because your life is not going forward and everybody else's is. And the thing that's why I brought you here today because I wanted you to sense change. And when you sense change, all of a sudden there's new things that you can begin to realize and what could begin to happen maybe in your life. You see, listen, a vision is not taught. It's not taught. I can tell you about a vision. I can show you about a vision. I can point you to a vision, but a vision has to be caught. In other words, you have to catch it inside of you. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. What is inside of you will come out of you. And so if you don't catch the vision, it will only be here today and gone tomorrow. So in your life, in your businesses, whatever the case may be, you have to catch the vision, not be taught the vision, but Catch it in your own style. You got to allow it to grow in you, and as it grows in you, it'll start producing fruit out of you. So, if you have your sermon notes today, I want to talk to you about moving towards change. What is change? When change takes place, it requires us to change also. How many know that's true? When change takes place, it requires us to change. It requires us to change seats, just like you did today. It requires us to maybe. Come together and meet new people. Like my wife said, hey, I didn't know you went to this church. I didn't know you didn't either. And it requires us to change ourselves. You see, you can either get on board or get off. But if you're on board, guess what? You go with the flow and we all begin to grow together and become part of a miracle. How many know that if two or three are gathered, there's either in the midst of us. If one can chase a 1,000, two can chase 10,000 to fly. Can you imagine the strength that is in numbers when we're all walking in one purpose and one accord for the glory of God? There's no limit to what we can do for God's glory. How many can say amen to that? Amen? Isn't that exciting? But you know, listen to this change is not always easy. How many know that's true? It's not always easy. You mean you require me to stretch? You require me to move out of my seat? You require me to, to go to a different parking lot. You require me to maybe take a different route to church? That's what change is because sometimes your car knows that you're not changed, so all you have to do is put it in drive, and it drives for you because it knows your routine in life. But change requires us to change, and it's not easy, but it's often needed. How many of you know it's often needed, that we need to change? Aren't you glad that you changed your clothes today? I have to confess something to you. I was working and putting out signs and doing all the things I was doing. I actually had a different shirt on today. So you'd be happy and glad because what I had to do, I was so sweaty that I had to go home and change, number one, my shirt. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I also had to, now ladies, don't get offended, but I had to take a hair dryer and put it on cold and cool me down. (laughs) No kidding. Because I was that hot. But I had to go home and change my clothes. How many of you know change is good? Nudge your spouse and say, thank you that you changed your shirt today. Amen? Change is needed. It's needed for a purpose. Because if we don't change, we become stinky. And if we become stinky, we become stale. And if we become stale, we become stagnant. And we don't want to do that in our lives. You see, listen, change sometimes makes us walk in the unknown. That's where people become afraid of change. We always want to know what's in store for me. What kind of skin do I have to give? What's in store for me? What's going to take place? We always want to know the plan before we see the plan before we walk out the plan. But that's not faith. Faith is a substance of things unseen, but things hoped for. But we want to know the plan before we walk the plan, right? But change sometimes requires us to walk in an unknown. But here's another big one. Change makes us get out of our, Comfort zone. I think it's behind me. Amen? It makes us get out of our comfort zone. How many of you ever said this before? Don't push. I'm comfortable where I'm at. Leave me alone. Some of you, are, when I do push, you're like a squeaky toy. <laughs> <laughs> you make a lot of noise that way, but not any other way. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> Man, come on, move. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, but change causes us to get out of our comfort zone. But you know the beautiful thing about change? Change, when you start to change, guess what it starts to do in you? It starts to producing new thoughts, new dreams, new visions. That's what change does. And in Proverbs, if you have your Bibles up on the screen, Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. Without vision, let's see. Wait a minute. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. In other words, they become callous. They get frustrated. They have no direction. And when there's no direction, what happens with a church or any businesses or whatever, there's internal struggles. There's internal battles. Some of you can probably say, well, my boss, man, he's a stick in the mud. He's a turkey head. Man, I, I just want to let them know some things, my thoughts. Because why? You're frustrated because they're maybe not telling you where they're going, or what they're doing. The vision or the company has no direction. And so what happens, there's an internal battle or struggle. And what happens in the church, it's the same way. And if it happens in the church, what they term the church's uh, vision or the strife or uh, a dissension in the church, they call it imploding. And what what happens when people get frustrated and there's no direction in the church, they start to implode, and what that means, they start hurting one another, and what happens in the churches today, the reason why churches go down and are up and down is a lot of times because they have no direction or no purpose or no vision, and so they begin to implode, and people begin to cut each other down, they begin to gossip about one another, they begin to talk about one another, they put each other down. Why? Because they have nothing else to talk about but each other, because there's no plan, there's no vision, there's no purpose. And that's what he's saying here. They cast off restraint. It gets restraint. It gets anger. And what happens with the church without direction, that's when churches implode. And that's why you always see them. They get up to 100 and then they get back down to 50. They get up to 100, they look like a teeter-totter. 50. Up, down. It's because they have no direction and all people are talking about is one another. But when you have a vision, it gives you something to talk about And something to aim for and a goal to shoot for. That's what a vision does. But he goes like this But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom or instructions or envision. Now, I want you to see your notes there. Here's this Without vision, now get this, you gotta get this. Without vision, there is no direction. How many know that's true? You know, uh, how many got GPS's on your phones? You know, you got all those, and that thing talks to you even, amen? I need it to talk to me because I can't even see it and I can't even follow it. So if you tell me to turn left on that little Susie Q thing, because my name, I call her Susie on my phone when she talks to me. Susie, tell me to turn left. Okay, I'll turn left. But you know what? It has a direction. And it gets me from point A to point B if I follow the directions. And so vision gives you direction. There is direction. Vision gives you direction. Without direction, there is no purpose. How many of you know that's that's true? So what, what happens if a church don't have direction? Then what's the purpose of a church? Think about it. What is our purpose? Do we just come to church on Sunday mornings to worship the Lord and give God a patty cake clap offering and say, thank you, Jesus, and then go home? That's not what church is all about. Churches have a purpose. And without a purpose, there's no reason to exist. How many of you know that's true? Why do we have a direction or have no direction or have no purpose? Then why do we exist? If we're a church that has no direction, no purpose, but here's why we exist. Here's the purpose of why the church direct or is a, uh, exists. Number one is this. To point people to Christ. Number one, that's our first and foremost goal. Amen? That we need to point people to Jesus. That that's what it's all about. Because soon and very soon, Jesus is going to come to take us home. How many of you know that's true? And soon and very soon, the trump of God is going to blow, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we're all going to meet him in the air, and a lot of you are going to look like the flying nun. Amen? But our whole mission is to point people to Jesus because you know why? Jesus says in his word, he's a jealous God. You know, the people say, well, Jesus is a jealous God? Absolutely, he is. You know why? He says, he because he doesn't want any to perish, he doesn't want any to be lost, he doesn't want anyone to be left behind. He's a jealous God. He loves you so much that, man, he's not, he's not coming. you know that Jesus says he can come in the twinkling of an eye? If Jesus wanted to come, he could come right now. But the reason why he doesn't, because there's still a lot more lost. And it's the church's role, and our purpose is to point people to Christ. Number two is this, to teach and preach about Christ and his resurrection. That's why we come and celebrate. We come and celebrate because we serve a resurrected Savior. How I many you know that's true? We serve a resurrected Savior. And because he's alive, that should give us something excited about, right? We should be excited. But we should be able to be treat, uh, teach. That God, we teach the ways of the Lord. Train them up in the way that the go, And then when they are old, they will not depart from it. We need to teach people about who he is. We have to live it out. But we have to preach to them about the principles and the basics of what Christ is all about. That's why the church exists. Another one is this. To train and to send others from the church to tell others about Christ. That's what our mission is. You know what, God? God doesn't want us to just become, man, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, and sit on our blessed assurance and do nothing with his word. He wants you to share what God has done in your life. He wants you to share. You know that you have a message, you have a story to be told, and the story that is being told in your life is what Christ done in you. And so what God wants you to do is not sit on your blessed assurance, Jesus is all mine. It's not for others, but only for me. But that's what the purpose of the church exists for. That we go out and multiply. If you ever see the book of Acts, they were added to 5,000, 7,000 daily that they added to the church. Why? Because the people were like busy bees going out and spreading the gospel. Another reason why the church exists is this. Is that to have strength and encouragement and fellowship within the body of Christ. That's what it's all about. What did I say about what happens to a church when they implode? They discourage. They shoot one another. How many of you know that we sometimes as a church, we shoot the wounded? I don't want a show of hands, but I bet many of you in this this place have one way or another been hurt by somebody in a church. And that should not be. What the church should be, the church should exist to be a safe place. That we could come to church every day or every Sunday or every week, whatever it may be, and feel safe that someone's going to pray for me and not talk about me. That someone is going to lift up my arms as Aaron and her did to Moses and encourage me to go on in the things of God. That's why the church exists. You see, when I was younger, I used to run track. And I ran track and I ran cross country. and I, I mean, I, 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 I couldn't do sprints because I, I wasn't fast. But I could. Man, run distance. And I'll never forget, it was junior high days. I was at Starbuck uh, Junior High, and I'll never forget this as long as I live. Man, it was the big day. It was me against Jim Shack. Jim Shack and I were number one, number two, back and forth, number one, number two, in the mile in the mile race. And so here I was, and the day came, Saturday morning, we're running the race at Case High School in Racine, Wisconsin. We're running this race, and I was looking so forward to, the, to that day, but it was rain and it was cold out there, but they don't cancel track meets and we had to run the race. So here I was, I was anticipating the day to run this race. So finally the race came. And man, I started out and I was three-fourths around the track and I was in in front and I was second place. It was me and Jim Shack, just like they predicted, back and forth, back and forth. All of a sudden I got around three-fourths around the track and because of the weather and it was cold outside, all of a sudden my legs cramped up. And I mean, they got like rocks. And if you try to run with your, your legs all cramped up, you're like, I look like a penguin on steroids. You know what I'm saying? And, man, I, I was the first reaction was to quit. I was ready to quit. Why? Because I was in pain. My legs were bulging. My muscles were in pain. Man, I couldn't move my legs or even bend my knees or all these things. And all of a sudden, what made me not quit is I looked inside the, the, inside the track And there inside the track was someone encouraging me, and guess who it was? It was my coach, and here's the catch about my coach. My coach wasn't the the most fit young man, if you got my drift. He wasn't the most fit young man. He was up there in his size and so on and so forth, but you know what he did? He didn't care about what, he, what his size was. He was more concerned about me. And guess what he did? He ran every step of the way inside the track yelling at me. Come on, CJ. You can do it. Come on, CJ. And because he was encouraging me and cheering me on, I didn't quit. And because I didn't quit, I didn't take first, but I ended up finishing the race. And I took third place even when I was so far behind. But I wanted to quit, but he encouraged me. And that's why the church exists, that when you see your brother and your sister down, it's not the time to kick them down, but it's the time to lift them up and be the church that loves, accepts, and forgives that we are a church that encourages one another. That's what we are. Amen? I love this. i got to move on. And then the thing to add to the church, add to the church of Christ daily. Jesus says in John 12, verse 32, it says this, And when I am lifted up from the earth, that's what we got to be. we got to be a church that lifts up the name of Jesus. Not Cheryl or I, not our staff, not our board, but only the name of Jesus. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But he says, when I am lifted up from the earth, will people, will draw all people to myself. That's why the church exists, to lift up the name of Jesus. You ever sing that song, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Now watch this. Jesus, oh my Jesus, Jesus. And then he goes, Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about. That name. Just by singing that and saying the name of Jesus, it does something to me just now. Isn't that right? That we lift up the name of Jesus here in the church, and as we do, it makes things exist. But now here we go. Now we get to the meat. What are we doing? Are you ready? The dream is bigger than me. (laughs) I never thought that I would do this again after 17 building programs raising 50 some million dollars here we go again the vision are you ready here we go Vision number one, it's on your paper up here. We are looking to buy a building or at first leasing it. Are you ready? We have been offered the best building. (laughs) Thank you, my wife knows me already. Let me just preface it this way. When my wife and I started going to Voyager Village over 11 and a half years ago, this building that been presented to us, my wife and I prayed over it and said that place would be an incredible place for a church. Well, that building is to Soros. We, uh, we are in negotiations with looking at Tesaurus and uh, Jake and Holly, obviously they go to our church, and they're not here today because they're in Mexico, but we need to really do me a favor, we need to kind of keep it down, even though we can get excited, because Jake's still going to continue to have his business going on and leasing it out for weddings and so on, but we are in pursuit of uh, Tesaurus. we are looking at that now, we are possibly going to lease it in the beginning and then as we grow and raise money or so on, then we're pursued to buy it. But we are looking at that. The second thing we are looking at was we are looking at possibly a metal building uh, behind the, uh, the, the existing church. And we're looking at doing some things there as far as uh, building there and uh, doing there. But here's the deal with the Soros. we could put 600 people in there. Uh, we are going to make the most incredible children's area and youth area um, the youth area will be in front where the dining room is at right now that will be the youth area that will be a wall there it'll say past present and future on the wall the history of the church um, we'll keep the pizza area or the bar area will become a bar area we're all going to belly up to the bar for coffee amen <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to do that and if you've been there um, the lower part of the um, auditorium, that's going to become the children's area all the way down. It'll be totally secure. There'll be bathrooms back in there. Uh, there'll be check-ins. There'll be some offices back there where Linda will be. Um, that will be where the offices is, and then where there'll be the children's area. Uh, We'll have more space, more opportunity to grow and to go forward there. Uh, But that is the pursuit right now that we are looking at doing, and we're going after some things there. And uh, so another thing we'll be doing is that we will be having pie nights, just to let you know. Pie nights will be times where we'll have a group of 15 people that will come together and we'll discuss the vision and the dream about where we're going, what we're doing, the plans, because I am a firm believer that an informed church is a happy church, and we will inform you every step of the way. Matter of fact, you can mark on your calendar for our first meeting that we have an all-church meeting September 16th, I believe it is, is that correct, Linda? September 16th, we'll have an all-church meeting that you can ask questions and answers. We'll have a QA and a time that you can ask questions and answers about what we're doing, where we're going, and that time will be that there. We're going to finish the parking lot because at this point, Uh, At the end of September, because of the growth that we are having in our church, and a lot of our people are even gone today because of the uh, uh, vacations, uh, we will be going possibly to three services. uh, Because as you've seen, we are packed out in both services, and we have no area for kids or children or anything like that. So we will be possibly be going to three services. The end of September, first of October. Uh, We don't know the times yet. We'll keep you posted on that. But we're making the parking lot smoother. And I want to say thank you to all those that are helping. And if you have a bobcat, can you give me a hand and help me smooth that out out there? we got to get that smoothed out there. Another thing we want to do is we uh, we need to make more small groups. We have small groups that are starting. Uh, we're going to be doing an alpha group starting on Monday night. Uh, we're starting an alpha group. Uh, Dave Clark is going to be leading that up along with Jack, I believe. And so uh, we're going to be doing that starting Monday. Uh, we're going to start a men's group, a men's Bible study on Saturday morning for our men. Uh, we obviously got the 50 and older club starting back up September 19th. My wife and her, her uh, woman's Bible study, uh, Pastor Carolyn and her Bible study. uh, We are trying to connect people. When the church gets bigger, we want to keep it small even though we're big. And that means we got to connect. And if you are interested in starting a small group, please see me or Pastor Carolyn. We need to start some small groups in different communities that we can really touch people and be tentacles for God. I don't want to just be isolated and siren. I want to get into Frederick. I want to get into Luck. I want to get into Webster. I want to get into these different areas. But it has to be you that you open your house up because that's what happens in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They broke bread together in their homes, and so we'll be doing that. And so another thing is that we are going to expand our children's department. As you see, uh, the other day we had 50-some kids, and probably today we have 50-some kids uh, in our children's department, and if you ever go upstairs, we are maxed out downstairs, upstairs, uh, even outside. I mean, we are just maxed out And uh, so we're going to be looking at expanding our kids' department doing some things there because of what's happening with our kids. It's exciting. You know, the Bible says let them come into you as little children and do them no harm. And uh, we're letting them come. Amen. And you ladies are having a lot of babies. And thank God you're adding to the church that way. Amen. So thank the Lord for that. And so we we are excited about that. Um, And then another thing is this. We need to do our part we need to do our part in serving in different different parts of the church, and and we need you to enlist. You know that uh, I thank God for the military. I am a firm believer of standing up for the anthem and all these things. I, and I, but if you notice about the the military, they are a unit. They're unified. Uh, uh, Marines say "superfy," in other words, that they're together. They're connected. And uh, we are like that. We are an organism that's connected. The hand can't say to the eye that we don't need each other. We need one another to do our part to make things function. And we need you to enlist in an area of the church, whether it be in the children's area, whether it be a parking lot attendant, whether it be a greeter, whatever the case may be, because many hands make light work. And so we really need you to get involved. Lastly, we, will be, we must be pace setters in our community. And what, That's what God has called me to be, is a pace setter. Um, I, what I've really learned about being in a smaller community, because for those that don't know me, I, I'm usually from a bigger town, moved here from the Twin Cities, and then I was in a bigger town in Colorado, and I was, of course, in Racine and Kenosha area for Journey Church in Kenosha, um, so I'm used to uh, a, a bigger community, and but what happens here is that we need to be the pace setters, and what I've kind of learned, and please don't take this in the wrong way, but what I've kind of learned that by being here over a year, that you guys Guys have accepted what is just given to you and um, so what we need to do is we need to go higher we need to go higher, and when we go higher, that means you got to expect more. you got to expect more. you got to believe more. you got to seek more. you got to have faith more because when you walk in status quo and being a C average student, what happens is you lose that expectancy. But we as a community, as a church, we need to raise our expectancy level and shake these communities for God. Let them see what God is doing. How many of you remember the song? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Woo! You remember. But you know what? Isn't that key, though? Look what the Lord has done. And that's what has to happen here in this community is that people need to hear and see what God is doing here in Adventure Church. Look what the Lord has done done. We need to make a noise in the community. Today, you see before us, this is going to be hung on the wall now. This, for those that are new, this is our vision, our covenant statement, and here it is. We are a church to our communities. We are a church to the churched and the unchurched. We are a church to help direct others to a real and authentic Jesus, our vision, our mission, and our goals is to train, to teach the church how to grow and have a strong, growing relationship with the Lord. We as a church do not look at the color of a person's skin, but the heart within. Our passion for the lost must never waver. Our heart for the hurting must only be open and ready to show Jesus. We at Adventure Church will never be ashamed of the gospel of Christ and for what it stands for. This is our vision, our DNA, and we we make no excuses for who we are and what we believe. Welcome to Adventure Church. Somebody say amen. 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 Now, as I close, and Jeremiah, if you'd like to come, as I close, Joshua was given the commission by the Lord to take the Israelites into the promised land that Moses was not able to do. And the reason why Moses was not able to do that, because he sent out the 12 spies, and you know that 10 people infected the vision. 10 people infected the vision, and two believed. Caleb and Aaron believed, but because of their disbelief and their murmuring and complaining, what happened was they saw the promised land, but they never entered the promised land. What happens is now God said Moses is dead, and Joshua was alive. And I believe that today, and I'm not calling myself Joshua nor my wife Joshua, but I believe that God has called Cheryl and I for this hour, for this day, and for this season to make a move, to go into a promised land, to raise the standard high. Because, see, a lot of times people are pulling you down, but you should be pulling people up. And that's what we need to be as a church. But Jesus was saying to Joshua, and Joshua, I want you to lead these people. So Joshua assembled the people, and I want you to get this. He assembled the people. And when he assembled the people, he said these very words to the people, and this is my pledge to you or my commitment to you. I promise you as pastor. (laughs) You can see it on your things. I will listen to the voice of the Lord. I will listen to my board. I will listen to my staff. Most of all, I'll listen to my pookie woman. But I commit that to you. And when Joshua stood before the people, here's what they said. In Joshua chapter 1. Then they answered Joshua, as Joshua assembled them together. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And whatever you send us, we will go. But look at their response, and I pray... This is you, that you will pull it out of me, pull it out of my wife, pull it out of this wonderful staff, Jeremiah and Beck and Crystal and Pastor Carolyn and all the rest. Jo- yeah, Josh, I, was, I lost Josh. She's over there, Josh. That you will pull, us, pull it out of us. So here's what they said. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Now watch this. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. And our purpose and our vision is do the work of the Lord. And I promise as pastor to be as sensitive as I can to the Lord. I promise you. But one thing I want to make clear to you, how many of you know that everybody in a family sometimes isn't happy, amen? No matter what you want to do, We have two brand-new babies in our family. We have Maddox, and we have Presley. And believe me you, we try the best we can to make them happy, but they still cry. I change their diapers. I feed them. I do everything I can. But when you go forward, sometimes it may not appear that we're on the right track. But if you would trust me and trust Cheryl and trust the board trust the staff, I promise, I commit this to you. I'm not here for me. If I was here for me, Susan, I would have stayed at the Church of 10,000 in Oklahoma. I would have stayed at Journey Church in Kenosha, which you guys probably know of, Journey Church. I would have stayed in Burnsville. I would have stayed in Colorado. But I'm here to wake the sleeping giant. And whatever God calls us to do, us, let's do it for his glory. Amen? So then, what can you do on your part? Number one, pray for Cheryl and I and the staff. Pray. You be the Aaron and the Her to us. Pray for us. Do we have all the answers? Scott, absolutely not. I don't have all the answers. I'm walking in blind faith just like you. But it's exciting. It's exhilarating when you walk in blind faith. Another one is this. Get involved to make the load lighter. You know what? We end up maybe at Tesora's and we're pursuing that. We gotta put up some walls. We gotta put electricity. We gotta do some things that we're gonna do, man, to revamp it. We need your help. One thing we are keeping for sure, the pizza oven. Hallelujah. You're gonna see me belly up at the bar and eating pizza. Thank you, Jesus. It's all paid for. Amen. Number four, three, being an encourager. And lift up one another. Be an encourager. Be a cheerleader. You never know who's sitting next to you that may be in pain. And if you're complaining and murmuring, you may be putting them further into the hole. And then lastly, spread God's word or God's love to others about Christ and his church. Number four, I missed one. What did I miss? Oh, give help. Oh, yeah. Give help it. I don't have it on my notes. Give help towards the building program. Give help. Get involved. Amen. Here's what I want to do. We're on this journey together. I want you to stand. Here's what I like to do. Can you do me a big favor today? I want us all to make our way right here, down at the front, and we're going to pray together as believers. Will you do that? Come on. Just come on. I know it's going to be crowded. Can you just come? Come on. Just come. Let's be together today. Let's let's just be a team today. Let's be a team that's praying together, believing together. Look at this. This is awesome. This is so awesome. I love you guys, man. If you need a camper, see this man, boy, I'll tell you. He's going to put me to sleep in a camper, amen. I'll tell you, camper, camper corral, amen. Great man, great couple. God bless you. I mean that. God bless you. God bless you. Bonnie, this is a miracle right here. So cool. So cool. Today, look at this. Can't even fit around this altar. Jeremiah, I'm so stinking proud of you, man. Beck, Excuse me for a minute. I got to do this. I do this every Sunday. This is my touch. Come here, my buddy. This is what I always do. This is my every Sunday. This is my encourager. This is why I'm all about Jesus right here. God bless you today. God bless you. God bless you. Brett. Good a man, dude. This dude is amazing right there. You want some cheese? See Sharon, amen. Not cut the cheese, amen. God is good. Let's agree together. Today, Jerry, we are standing on holy ground. The beginning of a miracle, Paul. I was in Paul's garage the other day. Man, I love this man. You should have seen him telling me his testimony. Where God's taken him from to where he is. Paul, I'm so proud of you. And then you got three beautiful kids, man. Lauren and Aaron and Jeremiah. Man, and even a great wife. Boy, you did well, man. I'm having you stand here for a moment because doesn't it feel good to be at the altars? It feels good. This is what we're gonna do, Deb. We're gonna come to the altars at a church D, and it's gonna be a soul-filling station. That's what it's all about. What's your name, young lady? Sushana, I love that name. You're a cute little thing. God bless you. Amen. Hey, sweetheart. Your granddaughter. Oh, you did well there. Look at that. Are you ready, Carl? Beginning. Beginning. Edie, are you ready? Let's pray. Father, we are walking in a miracle today. We are walking in a miracle. Every one of these individuals around this altar are a seed for a miracle to happen. Whether it be in their own personal lives, whether it be in someone else's lives that they can be a miracle to, or a miracle for the church to see it expand and go forward in the things that you want it to do. Lord, we today as a church are committed to do the call and the task that you've called us to do. Today we take our stand and we place our feet into the ground and we put our hands to the plow and we don't look back. We look forward to the plans and the things that you have prepared for Adventure Church. I thank you for every individual here today that we are enlisting to do the call, the things that you have called us to do that Lord may they come to fruition because we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith today knowing that God you say you open doors that no man can shut and you shut doors that no man can open. So today we pray for Tesoras, we pray God that that door will open God. What a great location right there on 35 and 70 where all can see the glory of God Lord we pray God that you will open doors, that you will make it happen for your glory, for your honor that we God can lift up the name of Jesus in the most prime place all, all through Siren so Father may we as a church just agree and believe thank you for each individual here today we thank you for the plan, the vision direction and the purpose and the reason of why we exist be with us now Lord, may your hand be upon us, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you uh, to come on the 16th. Please come on the 16th, and you can ask questions, and we'll have more ideas. Uh, I'll be meeting with Jake uh, after the 22nd. He comes home, and we'll be putting more details together. He knew it already. I have to tell you something, I was, this guy, this is this, this man was prophetic, he had no idea, I was putting out the church signs that you see on the quarter every Sunday, I was putting them out late, late Saturday night, Sean, okay, and he was in the parking lot at the community bank, where I usually park my truck at, and put the sign, and take it out, and I walk up to him, and he said, hey, how you doing, Pastor, I say, hey, I'm doing great, I'm doing good. And he says to me, he said, Pastor, you know, the church is really growing. I said, yeah, it's really doing well. He said, you need to buy that right there. And I said, buy what? He said, Tesaurus. You know, you had a part of building it. Did you know that? He was one of the builders of that. And then he points to it and says us to buy it. Now tell me that ain't God. Amen. now, some of you might be wondering how we are going to pay for that. So I just want you to seriously, on a serious note, I want you to just pray. Say, Lord, what would you have me to do? What would you have? This is my tithe. I give my 10% to the Lord faithfully. But now what do you want me to do? What is my part? Is it a one-time gift? Is it a certain amount of money that you're going to add to your offering each week? And start, you know what? We don't have to wait till we actually buy it. You can start this Sunday online. You can start next week. Just saying, I want this earmarked towards paying off that building now. Let's get it paid off before we move in it. But you know what? That's what you can do. So if you're wondering, what can I do? Pray. That's the number one thing. Hey, like Pastor Carolyn, pray. Pray that God gives us the direction in every step of this. Pray. Anyone got a praise report? wilderness you did great last night randy it was awesome it was awesome last night awesome i flew thank god god had his angels charge over me because my needle was buried to get here on time no just kidding but i wanted to get here on time because i was at the wedding great job ethan and all you guys great job great job and so hey god bless you make sure you eat the cookies and robin thank you for taking care of us thank you Let's go have cookies and milk and whatever else in the foyer. Let's be miracles for God. Amen. God bless you today. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Adventure Church. Well, it's finally here the Adventure Church app. We invite you to download it by searching either Apple App Store or Google Play, or simply text AC Siren App, all one word, to 77977 to get a direct link. You can also check out our website, www.adventurechurchsiren.com.